It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on a huge Saturday afternoon in the Scottish Premiership. The after effects of Dubai are still being felt by a Covid hit Celtic side who welcome Inform Livingston. A big appeal victory for St Mirren and Kelly yesterday. Now it's off to St Johnson and Hibbs. Rangers title charge takes them to Motherwell tomorrow. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio, Alex Ray, Gordon Diel and Mark Wilson. Looking forward to another action-packed day. Gordon, all eyes will be in Celtic Park Can they negotiate what's probably been One of the worst 10 days In recent history for them Can Livingston go there and make it 9 wins For David Martindale in a row And do the unthinkable and upset the odds And plenty of other fixtures Kilmarnock and St Mirren Will they bounce back in, in a positive nature After the ruins of last night Good day of football ahead for Incredible us. how football changes very quickly Gordon I think a lot of people will be sitting thinking Livingston at Celtic Park Can they get a result? And I think some people think they can Whether that be a draw or a win It'll be interesting to see how that develops this afternoon A lot of good games Obviously Ross County Down at the bottom league Fighting for a life Under a new manager John Hughes Against an Aberdeen team Disappointed not to get a game in Against Livingston Wednesday night And uh, Hamilton as well Struggling for points So um, a lot of good fixtures this afternoon Yeah I'm looking forward to it Gordon uh, Celtic for me is the game of the day You also got Hibs trying to get Another one, one and six for them. They've got a battle of the Saints up in Perth. And then you also get some games in the Championship. Hearts, Dundee, to look forward to. It's all happening. Sit back and enjoy. We're here until six o'clock. Of course, later on in the afternoon, your chance to have your say on the open line as well. Let's go straight to Celtic Park. Some big team news coming out, as you would expect. Livingston, the visitors. Alison Conroy is alongside former Livy boss Gary Holt. Good afternoon from Celtic Park. Two changes for Celtic from that draw with Hibs on Monday night. Scott Robertson just back from his loan spell at Gillingham goes on to the bench for this one. One change for Livingston as well for this one. So it will be Connor Hazard in goal for Celtic. A back four of Anthony Ralston, near beat on Shane Duffy and Diego Laxalt. It'll be Ismaila Soro and Callum McGregor with the three of Jeremy Frimpong, David Turnbull and Mikey Johnson. Tom Rogic up top on the bench. It will be Duhan, Taylor, Connell, Robertson, Okoflex, Henderson, Harper, Welsh and Karamoko Dembele. For Livingston, Max Strychek in goal. A back four of Nicky Devlin, F.A. Ambrose, John Guthrie and Kieran Brown. Your midfield four will be Steve Lawson, Marvin Bartley, Scott Pittman and Craig Sibbald up top Josh Mullen and Scott Robinson on the bench for Livy this afternoon McCrory, McMillan, Taylor Sinclair Fitzwater, Serrano, Forrest Emmanuel Thomas, Tiffany and Hamilton Gary Holt we'll look at these two teams first of all it took us a little bit of time to work out exactly how Celtic are going to line up this afternoon Yeah it's um, I think it's just a number nine position really yeah. I think the rest kind of Picks itself. Uh, it's whether Johnston will go through the middle, maybe Roger will come mm-hmm. in off the left. But I think uh, Roger likes just playing through the middle. I like he likes floating about. It might be a false nine, as everyone talks about these mm-hmm. days. Um, but look, let's not make any bones. It's a it's a good starting eleven. It's maybe not the full strength, but it's still a lot of the players. Uh, a lot of teams in the SPFL would be delighted to have. So um, it's certainly going to be an interesting game. For Livingston, Mark mentioned it already, they can make it nine wins in a row today. That would be, they're on six Premiership wins in a row at the moment. How much belief will be among those players coming here today? Oh, massive, massive. And, um, 
it also helps the fact that there's no 60,000 punters here mm. getting them stick. So um, they've got that freedom to go and express. They've got the wins behind them now. They've got a position in the table that they're very comfortable. Um, but they want to push on. They want to, and that's a good thing about the lads that are there. They want to achieve. They want to keep proving people wrong, which is a good trait to buy into. It's a good, it's a good uh, attitude to have. And um, but I think it's a that it's a wee catch twenty two today because I think if you open up too much, you think right, we can have a right good go at Celtic yeah. here. We could get yeah. You come in then losing three 0 and you think oh that might have not been the best plan. So I think they'll stick to the same game plans that they have when they come here. But I think they also got the the, the confidence with what they're doing and how they're doing it to get to get a result. I suppose Celtic know now, given the points gap at the top, they cannot slip up once more. Um. I'm sitting here. And I think the league's done. Yep. Uh, I'll be honest. I'll, I'll put my mm-hmm. hat, I'll throw my hat out there and say I think the league's done. So it's an opportunity, and I think you, you see that especially with Sorrow and McGregor. Tum- well, McGregor's experience, but Sorrow and Tumble getting an extended run in the team. Um, Mikey Johnson's back. Frank Pong's getting more and more game time. Are they looking to the future now? I think that they've got to to try and put that in place and give these boys a chance to go and mm. express themselves. That is the team news from Celtic Park. Two changes for Celtic, just that one for Livingston. Uh, Gary, looking at that Livingston team, the they strikers is the, the type of team that would always go there with a bit of belief and always go and, and hope that they can cause something. In fact, earlier this season, as you well know, the 3-2 uh, defeat, but coming pretty close in the end. Where's the balance between not getting carried away because Celtic do still have good players, but, but obviously feeling a little bit more optimistic given that so many big hitters are out how, how will David Martindale be playing that? Um, I think they'll be feeding into the, the they're in an uncomfortable position um, they're not playing with a lot of confidence they, they're, they are shaky at the back um, the, the stats are there the facts are there um, how we came here early part of the season and probably should have got something out of the game. We had a great opportunity right at the end uh, to get to get the draw. Uh, we we knew the areas to hurt them and I think looking at Livingston's setup, I think they might go a diamond in the middle of the park uh, and I think they'll have two up top. So Josh Mullen and, and we, we Robbo, uh, I've got legs and I think they'll try and stretch the game as much as possible, play it in behind them um, and make it as uncomfortable as possible. So without going away from the the defensive structure they've got, they might they might just sit in and say, right, Marv, you just sit in front of the back four and let the others go and try and win the game or get something out of the game for them. So they won't overcommit, but I think they've got pace at the top end of the pitch which could cost Celtic a lot of problems. I know it's been a difficult time, Gary, for Celtic. Um, that's an understatement. But if there's one sort of shining light at the moment, it does seem to be David Turnbull. He's got four in his last five. It looked like that great free kick the other night was going to win the game until Kevin Nisbet popped up. How important is he for Celtic and on the flip side how do Livy need to stop him if they're to get anything um, God, I think I spoke on one of the shows I thought um, it was more just a goal scorer um, but the more and more I see him I'm, the more impressed I get that how he always wants the ball and he's always looking forward and I think see the pass that he made for McGregor the other night the flip over the top um, actually made me actually collapse it watching the telly <laughs> And uh, he just excites me. He actually excites me watching him play. Um, so I think he's integral to how they play. I think a lot of things go through them now. Um, and he's he's not scared to go make a mistake, which is really pleasing. Playing for a, a massive club like this, he's prepared to get in the ball. He's prepared to make things happen. But he also understands that not everything's going to come off, but I ain't going to shy away from it. Give me it again and I'll go and try and produce. 
Alex Ray was just saying he saw you do that pass at Norwich all the time. He says that that's straight out of your, right <laughs> off your Christmas DVD. <laughs> we didn't have DVDs back, man. Corns your lies straight off the bat. Uh, right, there was a good wee debate in the studio. I don't think Wilson DL, you two, well, you don't agree on much, but a, a, a bit of debate about how Celtic will line up. There is. Well, I, I'm just looking at the the setup. Um, I, I initially written that down as a back three with Ralston playing at the right. Yeah. And Frimpong and Lax out your two wing backs and let the McGregor and Sorrell sit in front, Rogic, Turnbull, and then Johnson is your your spearhead. Mm, I mean, I'll be interested to see. Does you think differently? Do you think it'll be a four? Yeah, I've got a lot of good contacts, and uh, I'm Jeez, believed that there's going to be four. ten past two, and it started yeah, four, already. Four, two, three, one for me, Gordon. Uh, I think that Turnbull may just come off the left, uh, Johnson through the middle, but I think there's room there for rotation. Because I, I personally, I said in the office before we come in here, I think that Turnbull actually could go and play in that role. I really do. Uh, I think he's good enough. I think he's a very clever footballer. I think they'll start with the four-two-three-one. Mikey Johnson, who's been played up there before at Ibrox, wasn't successful. We've got to say, uh, but I don't see any other option. Uh, I know Mark's saying Either about a three. I just think it'll be a four with Ralston slotting in at right back. Either way, though, whatever it is, if it's that or or if it's Daz's back four. It just shows what a shambles Dubai was because Celtic found a formation. They found that diamond that looked so good going forward with the two up front and the personnel to fit it. And if it isn't a diamond today, they've had to change. And I'm I'm not sure they would if they had all their personnel and everybody back and everybody fit. I think they'd still stick to that diamond. Okay, let's hear from both camps then. Callum McGregor speaking on behalf of Celtic yesterday. We have to try and stay as positive as we can. I think... um you know, without sounding over the top, then we know it's a, a big task now. Um, we, we're going to have to win every game. And then, you know, still look for a couple of favours in there as well. So we know it's a difficult task, um, but we can't lose hope or lose faith or anything like that. So we have to keep fighting. And and you just never know in football, things can change very, very quickly like they, they have done. And I've seen it happen many times. So um, I think we have to just hold on to that belief that, you know, anything can happen and, and we just have to now, you know, as a club, look to move forward in the right way, in a positive way, and, and get back to winning football matches. So Celtic up against Livingston, managed, of course, by the reigning manager of the month and David Martindale. Looking at the squad that played Hibs, and I'm looking around the team, and I'm probably positively valuing the players in the park at around £60 million. You've still got like, an abundant talent on that field. £60 million, that could run my club for 60 years. So, it's, it's, they're still a, they've got a big squad for a reason, they've got a fantastic squad, so I'm looking at the squad that's, that played against Hibs and I'm going, that's, it's still a very good Celtic team, yeah it's a diminished Celtic, Celtic team, but I can't really do anything about that, we can only play what's in front of us, so there's still a, <laughs> still the opportunity to go in there and picking points up, but on the flip side they're more than capable of going there and getting beat, so we need to be on the top of our game to get anything from it. Celtic against Livingston Just one of some fantastic fixtures We've got this afternoon Let's go to the capital Hibs against Kilmarnock And check in with Roger Hanna. 
Yeah, and it's been a good week, I think, for both teams here, Gordon. Hibs obviously started when Kevin Nisbet snatched that last gas point at Celtic Park on Monday night. They added bonus since then of the signings of both Jackson Irvin and Chris Cadden. And of course, in a further boost for Jack Ross, the stalwart Lewis Stevenson, who made his 500th appearance for the club on Monday night. He's penned a new deal during the week. And it really could be a feel-good factor for Hibs. You know, if they win today, they extend in, in fourth place, put the pressure on Aberdeen, and that, that would lead into to next weekend when they're at Hamden for a Betfred Cup semi final against St Johnson. To add to the good news, Martin Boyle is back. He missed the game at Celtic on Monday with a slight injury. Jackson Irvin also starts his first game since last March with uh, Dre Wright and the injured Joe Newell dropping out. Chris Cadden, he's only fit for a place in the bench. He hasn't played since November when he was in the MLS playoffs of course with Columbus Crew. So there you go with Matt Macy. It's a home debut for the former Arsenal goalkeeper. It's a back four of Paul McGinn, Ryan Portes, Paul Hanlon and Josh Doig. I think it's a three in midfield. Melkin Halberg, Alec Gogic and Jackson Irvin coming in there and then that means Martin Boyle and Jamie Murphy either side of top scorer Nisbet on the bench it's Dabrowski, Gray, McGregor, Stevenson Mallon, Wright, Cadden, Gullen and Deutsch. As for Kelly, well, they, they had a major result themselves yesterday with that SFA appeals panel overturning the forfeit for failing to fulfil the fixture against Motherwell that you mentioned at the top of the show. 40 grand fine it's been reduced to £10,000 as well with the rugby park game against Motherwell now to be replayed in the coming weeks they had a win against Hamilton last Saturday it lifted them further clear of the drop zone and, and if results go their way today Gordon, they could even be in the top six by quarter to five new deals for Danny Whitehall and Yusuf Malumbu this week as well o on the downside though, no Kurt Broadfoot no Rory McKenzie today they've been added to an injury list that includes the club captain Gary Dicker, Ross Millen Zebo Ibsen, Rossi missing out as well they've also lost both games against Hibs this season, including in the opening day of the season when I was here for Super Scoreboard and Kevin Nisbet really showed what he could do, Martin Boyle scored the two goals that day, but, but Nisbet's shown in his league debut for Hibs, and he's really never looked back, and it'll be difficult for the, for the Kilmarnock Central defence to, to try and marshal him today when he's in such good form. Kelly, they'll go with Danny Rogers in goal, it's a back four, Adam McGowan, Clevid Dicamona comes in, Stuart Finlay and Brandon Housetrop, we think a three in midfield as well, Aaron Chispola, Alan Power and Yusuf Malumbu. And then Greg Kelty, the two-goal hero against Aki's last Saturday, along with Whitehall and the recalled Mitch Pinnock. And the bench, it's Doyle, Kabamba and Waters, Cameron, Dabo and Burke, Brindley and Taylor. Pitch beginning to cut up. It's not the greatest surface I've ever seen here at Easter Road, I have to say. Gordon referee Wally Collum this afternoon. But we are looking forward to a good game. Yes, plenty of talking points between Hibs and Kilmarnock and that one in the capital. Um, let's go to Hamilton against Dundee United and speak to Fraser Wisham. Afternoon, Gordon. Well, this season, of course, it seems to have been that the teams have taken it in turns to sit at the bottom of the table. In the chat this week, will the league finish? Will it be suspended? What happens then? Nobody knows. And that's why I think the message to Hamilton Ackies and to all those near the bottom is don't be at the bottom if the league is suspended because we have to look at the experience of Hearts last year when the league was stopped with about eight games to go and they find themselves in the championship. And that's why it's so vital for Ackies that they keep themselves off that 12th place with a win today. Of course, the frustrations for all managers at the bottom end of the table, Brian Rice, one of them is the inconsistency of his team, they go from beating Motherwell very comfortably, terrific performance, 3-0 here and then they go to Kilmarnock and lose 2-0, but over the years they've shown they've got the determination and the ability to get a result when it's needed and I think today is a really important one for them, a win today would go a long way to getting them up at the table at a point or two but uh, Brian Rice of course had injuries to key players the squad's been stretched, David Templeton's been out, Brian Easton's been out, lots of younger lads in the squad but they have got a number of experienced players back today which will please Brian hugely but they'll find it tough against United, they've been good 
this season. They looked a good team, 27 points. Can't see them being near the bottom. In fact, looking for a top six more, and I think you can see that by the fact they're extending the contracts of Nicky Clark and Liam Smith. Nicky Mellon made a shrewd appointment, speaks well, really calm character experience, and I think his team reflects that. And of course, they got Lauren Shanklin. What a brilliant goal it was during the week. And if this starts Lawrence on a goal scoring spree, as has happened before in his career, the United will have a good end to the season to look forward to. They won at Tanadice 2 1. They drew one each here earlier on in the season in August. So, a, a really a close game, I think, here today at, at, at uh, Hamilton. Uh, both going 3-5-2, Ryan Fulton's in goals for Aki's, Jamie Hamilton, Aaron Martin, Brian Easton at the back, Lee Hodson, Hakim Odefan, Ben Sterling, Ross Callahan, and Scott McMinn in midfield with David Moyo and Callum Smith up front. The subs for Aki's, Kyle Gourley, Marius Ompo, Charlie Trafford, George Stanger, Regan Mimno, Andrew Winter, Kyle Monroe, Tunde Oalabi and Justin Johnson. For United, Benjamin Seagrass in goals, a back three of Lewis Nielsen, Mark Conley, Mark Reynolds. Across the middle, Liam Smith, Dylan Powers, Ian Harks, Lewis Apere and Jamie Robson with Nicky Clark and Lawrence Shankland as the strike force. Dennis Mehmet, Adrian Sporrow, Peter Pollitt, Mark McNulty, Ryan Edwards, Luke Bolton, Kai Fotheringham, Chris Mochrie and Brad Smith are the substitutes. And the referee today at the Foy Stadium is Mr Greg Aitken. Right, please tell me we've got a game on at the Global Energy Stadium, Dave Galloway. Three times in ten days you've turned up at a game and it's been off at the last minute. I'm starting to think it's your fault. <laughs> I, you, do you know something? I couldn't agree more, Gordon. I, I'm thinking I'm a, a, I'm a blooming jinx. But uh, the pitch here at the Global Energy Stadium in it looks absolutely spot on. It looks brilliant. The players warming up, no problems at all uh, with the pitch. Uh, let's look at the teams in, in just a moment. But uh, looking forward to this one. County, um, who haven't won at home in the league since the opening day of the season in August, would you believe? They prop up the rest of the Premiership. They're ahead of his uh, sixth game in charge. Boss John Hughes insists they're in a false position. Certainly they're not cut adrift at the foot of the table. Indeed, just four points separate them from ninth place St Johnston. So a couple of wins could make a major difference. But Aberdeen come here having lost only once in 14 league matches away from home and are determined to tighten their grip on third place and keep Celtic within striking distance. And of course, following Wednesday's late postponement of their game at Livingston this afternoon gives them a chance to bounce back from their home defeat by Rangers. Ross County then, interesting team news, five changes for them. In come Connor Randall, Callum Morris, Ian Vigers, uh, Jermaine Hilton and Regan Charles Cook. Out drop uh, Keith Watson, Paul Donaldson, Jordan Tilson, Ross Draper and Stephen Kelly. Ross Laidlaw in goals. At the back, uh, Jason Naismith, Connor Randall, Callum Morris and Alex uh, Lacoviti. Sitting in front of them, Ian Vigers. Then in midfield, uh, Jermaine Hilton, Charlie uh, Lacken, Harry Payton and Regan Charles Cook with Ollie Shaw leading the line for county substitutes. Monroe, Draper, Gardine, Mackay, Watson, Kelly, Tilson, Andra and Reid. As for Aberdeen, a couple of changes for them. Marty Kennedy and Ross McCrory replaced Ryan Hedges and Dean Campbell. So it's Joe Lewis in goals, a back three. Andy Constantine, Ash Taylor and Tommy Hoban. Midfields, Matty Kennedy, Ross McCrory, Lewis Ferguson and Johnny Hayes. With uh, Scott Wright, he starts. That's an interesting one given his uh, strong connections uh, with Rangers. He plays behind the front two of Sam Cosgrove and Curtis Main. The subs for the Dons today, Woods, Logan, Ojo, McGinn, McLennan, Anderson, Campbell, Vertanen and 
Gwenya, and your match referee here at Ross County against Aberdeen is Bobby Madden. Uh, great. I mean, I didn't hear any of it, but James Arthur sounded <laughs> magnificent. I must admit. So James Arthur's up front for Aberdeen. That's all we need to know. Have a word with them, Dave. See if we'll turn the PA system down. Not the base. Honestly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh dear me. Right, so one more game to go. Battle of the Saints, McDermott Park, St Johnston against St Mirren. Callum Clark has the teams for us. Well, it's two changes for both sides today. St Johnston, of course, drew 2-2 with Dundee United in midweek. They bring in Scott Tanzer and Craig Bryson, the two to drop out, Callum Booth and Murray Davidson. And those changes look like they're meaning a change in a formation, a revert to the back three. Xander Clark in goals, that back three of Kerr, Gordon and McCart. Rooney and Tanzer, the two wing-backs with Wotherspoon, McCann and Bryson in midfield and Kane and Melamed up top for St. Mirren, as I mentioned, also two changes. Cammy McPherson comes in in midfield and a first start for Eamon Brophy. Of course, came off the bench last week against Motherwell to make his debut. Today is his first start. The two dropping out, Kyle McAllister and Ethan Erehon. So it's Anik in goals, the back four of Tate, McCarthy, Shaughnessy and Fraser. Doc Connolly, Doyle, Hayes, McPherson and Brophy and midfield with Lee Irwin up front just behind him is the man at the moment he scores all the goals it's Jamie McGrath today in Perth it's St Johnston versus St Mirren That's you up to speed with the team news across our big fixtures in the Premiership as always at this time on a Saturday we get all the guys involved and look back on the week's biggest talking points that's coming next Breakfast. Next week on the show we're going to try and catch up with Nathan the Sea Shanty Postie because Cassie's obsessed with sea shanties and needs a bit of help. George is up at four o'clock He puts on his pants and his shoes and his socks He cycles to work with the wind in his hair Early in the morning She definitely needs help. Live from Glasgow Barrier Breakfast With the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Clyde One the team with the biggest support in Glasgow and the West. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, and Alex Ray in the studio. And speaking of which, by the way, is this some sort of stitch up? I've only just realised this, right? Usually I've got Hugh Evans in here to help to kind of rein the rest of you in. He is isolating at the moment, he's keeping himself safe. So last week we recruited Roger Hanna. Is there some sort of hidden camera? As to, what, what have I done to deserve being in a studio with you three? Between now and six o'clock we'll behave You've won the big prize I mean seriously We'll what, be in our best behaviour What could possibly go wrong There is no voice of reason in here uh, We do have a voice of reason There are a couple of them uh, Out and about at the grounds Roger Hanna At this stage on a Saturday We do always get You know the, the floor opened up And look back on, on the week's biggest stories Unfortunately It's a bit of a, a Bit of a Covid corner For Scottish football this week um, And various aspects to that The obvious one at the beginning of the week Was Dubai And then as the week wore on It, it became a bit more than why did Celtic go and were they allowed to go it then became about the aftermath and the impact that has on the team and Peter Lowell's apology and whether that apology was accepted and so on Yeah, and listen, I think Mark had had the nail on the head earlier on when he said when you look at the Celtic team sheet today and you look at the Celtic team sheet last Monday night that just showed you the cost of Dubai Um, there's been enormous cost to Celtic's public image there has been an enormous cost to the team. 13 players self-isolating. Uh, Christopher Julian, we hope he's OK. He has obviously tested positive. This is the second game Neil Lennon and John Kennedy are not at. They're sitting in the house trying to communicate with Gordon Strachan. So it has been 
a far costlier mistake than I think any of us ever dreamed it would possibly be and I don't think it's a mistake that will be made again because I don't think a lot of the people who made the decision to go will be there to make the decision again Yeah, Fraser Wisher, we've so many opinions flying about on this one what's your own take on it? I think it's the first time we've had you join us since it really kind of kicked off at the start of last week I think Rogers hit the nail on the head there because Celtic are of course obviously it's a football club it's about getting results on the field of play and going to Dubai, whatever the reasons, rightly, wrongly, whatever went on, has cost them dearly. And, and that's the problem that we have at this moment with this horrible virus, is that if you take your eye off the ball, to coin a phrase, then uh, you can find yourself in, in bother. And that's why we're all been told to stay at home. So I, I think it's been a costly episode. And I think it started with this bizarre rule that we've got in Scottish football had for many years that uh, you, teams can cancel a home game. You know, I, I just thought that, I mean, looking at St Monica Kilmarnock as well, and I've said all along, as you said, uh, is, you know, get the games on and then decide on punishment separate from that. And, you know, and I, I think as if it's football, we have to get the games on, but Celtic were allowed to, nothing wrong with that. It was within the, the bizarre rule that we've got. You know, Livingston were then allowed to, to delay their game by 24 hours correctly to get the game on. That made sense to me as well. But then on, on Monday, then uh, Hibs were looking for a bit of comfort. The players were looking for a bit of comfort as well. But that game wasn't postponed 24 hours. So the whole thing to me has just been, been bizarre. And I'm sure people at Celtic are sitting thinking, what did we do here? Because in the end, on the field of play, they've been hugely affected and, uh, and may well lose to Livingston today. So it's a tough one for the players. It's a tough one for Celtic as a club. But uh, I'm sure they must be looking at it thinking, what did we do? And I mean, Roger, it's the biggest of pictures because this is actually about more than Celtic now. This has caused people to look at... The SPFL's involvement, the Scottish FA's involvement, the Scottish Government's involvement and ask if if they did things in, in the correct manner and have they responded in an appropriate fashion? Yeah, um, everybody is looking down every different attitude. It's a sort of blame culture we live in these days, Gordon, in society, you know that. You know, people want to blame different people for approving the trip or sanctioning the trip or, or the reaction to what has happened in the trip. We can only deal in, in, in the, the where and now. It's an ever-evolving problem, um, this COVID-19 issue in Scottish football, as it is in society. The Wraith Rovers game off today against Cali Thistle because they only had 10 fit players. There's now going to be an SPFL investigation into that postponement. And you saw how well the SPFL investigations into the three premiership postponements involving Comarnock and St Mirren has gone so far. Um, so we can only deal with it on a sort of day-to-day basis. Uh, I think Celtic will be very keen to get the players back, to get Neil Lennon back, to get John Kennedy back and to try and put this sorry episode behind them. But um, I think it will take a long, long time before the club recovers, not just in terms of of the health of those affected, but in terms of the reputational damage that's been done to Celtic over the last couple of weeks. From all parties, Fraser, has the has the response been good enough? That's the bit that seems to have stuck in the throats of a lot of fans who contact this show, um, because early on in the week from Celtic, it was all very much, well, you know, we, we were allowed to go. We were allowed to go. We didn't break any rules. And then that was echoed almost by Ian Maxwell and the Scottish FA and saying, well, you know, that, that you know that, that it was sanctioned and, and they were allowed to go. But, but then Peter Lawwell eventually does say it was wrong and we're sorry. There, there seems to have been a bit of a shift there, but, but then, like I say, that comes in the same week where we've got governing bodies saying that, you know, there was nothing wrong with it, but Celtic are now apologising for it. So what's the reaction been like for you? Well, uh- it's, it's an almighty mess and, and uh, the, the problem for Celtic is not that uh, what any of us think or anybody else in supporters think it's their own supporters you know their own supporters are deeply unhappy 
with with what went on and uh, Peter Lowell's apology I think uh, hasn't been particularly well received by the Celtic supporters and that's the important thing for for him but Roger's talking about blame culture and looking to blame people people are looking not to take any blame as well and goodness knows <coughs> who what went on and we'll probably never know what went on between the government and the SPFL and the SFA but clubs and individuals have to take responsibility for their own actions and uh, across this period and include players in, in that and have included players as well because we're in this situation and what's been made clear as we know over the years is that clubs don't like to be told what to say and I'm talking about the 42 clubs here and I've never known a situation where there's been such a fracture in, in, in our game where all the clubs seem to just argue with each other they argue with the SPFL they argue with the SFA they argue with the government there doesn't seem to be any coming together because we're in a really difficult situation in society and if you focus on football we're in a, we're in a difficult situation I don't see any plan to get together and get away out of this I, I really don't and that worries me because as soon as something happens you hear you know, a League 2 club, a one club, a championship club, a premiership club, all making statements, all going, ah, that was rubbish, we were, we were denied a chance to speak, whatever, whatever else. It just seems to be almost dealing with things on a day-to-day basis. We need a plan to get out of this, Gordon. We need a plan because at some point it's going to get better. But until that time, we're going to have to just fight this virus and deal with things on a day-to-day basis. But what happens when we come out of this? Because clubs are, are suffering financially. So how do we help each other? And clubs in particular need to start to look at working with each other and not just looking after themselves and working against each other in the SPFL and the SFA because at the moment, goodness knows, you pick up newspapers with dread every single day because you just think it's going to be a horrible negative headline. Yeah, for, for me it's about leadership, Gordon, because uh, Roger says the blame culture there. Now, we have to find out who actually sanctioned this. The government's blaming the, the, gov- uh, the governing bodies, SPFL and, uh, and the SFA. The SFA and the SPFL are both washing their hands of it. We have nothing to do with it. Celtic come out and apologise. And now we have uh, exactly what uh, Fraser's talking about there. The clubs have to stick together. So the SPA, uh, sorry, the SFA last night put out uh, t- to the clubs to see if they want to continue. And I'm thinking to myself, we need leadership and guidance where we're going with this. All the protocols are in place in terms of the top flight and uh, the championship going. They do their testing. If there's two games a week, they end up testing twice a week. They're paying a lot of money for this. And there is a way out. They they make sure they've put all the protocols. They don't shower. They don't eat together. They section off parts of the ground so that there's no cross-contamination with other staff members. So they've put a lot of things in place and they need to drive it forward. And for me, there is a lack of leadership where, where they're going at the moment. And I do, I, I'm just looking for a wee bit of guidance, Gordon, because everybody's trying to look after each other. Uh, the other chapter, or the second chapter of Covid Corner in Scottish football this week Roger Hanna would be the appeal victories by St Mirren and Kilmarnock yesterday uh, Tony Fitzpatrick came in the show last night, called it a victory for common sense Said he was sad that it had even got to this stage in the first place Yeah, um, and I think he also used the phrase Where is the human kindness or the compassion um, from the football authorities towards the clubs? Um, we discussed it at the time when these 3-0 forfeiture results were put in place um, and there was very much split among the the, the lads in the show as to, to what we thought. I think we all thought the 3-0 was, was probably disproportionate to the crime, if you like, if you can call it a crime. Yes, there were some rules and regulations broken. I think the clubs put their hands up to that. Yes, if that's the case, they... they probably were putting themselves at risk of some sort of sanction and I think there's now going to be £10,000 fines imposed on St Mirren and Kilmarnock but it it did set a dangerous precedent going forward when you were taking points off teams 
without allowing the games to be replayed. If you look down south, you know, right through the leagues, from the English Premier League, right through Championship League 1 and League 2, a raft of games have been lost because teams are able to un not fulfil fixtures because of COVID-19 problems. There are more today. There were some in the FA Cup last weekend. And at no stage does the FA or the EFL down there even think about investigations or think about taking points off teams or think about handing out forfeitures. They just show the human kindness that Tony Fitzpatrick talked about on Super Scoreboard last night and they say to the clubs, these are extraordinary times. Therefore, we will give you a little bit of scope and we'll try and fill in these games later on in the season um, and, and the fixture schedule. And if that means the season extends a little bit in those lower leagues you know, later into May or even into June, then I think that's what they're going to have to do to, to give those clubs a little bit of help. To be fair though, is it not about finding a punishment that fits the crime rather than focusing too much on, on human kindness? Because those there are going to be examples, Wraith Rovers today, we don't know what the outcome of that is, but it, St Mirren and Kilmarnock admitted that they had breached protocol. It's, it's not like it was a, a complete freak accident and absolutely nothing could have been done about it. They, they admitted that there were breaches and that's why they got the fine Surely there still has to be Some sort of process Where if you're not doing Everything in your power To get the fixtures on And you then don't Fulfil the fixture Then you get the punishment Like I say If the 3-0 is, is too strong Then fine But we can't just We can't always just You say They wouldn't even dream of Of, of you know Repercussions or whatever Down the road How, how are we going to get A season finished If we do that Well Listen, we're not sure we're going to get season finished in the Scottish Cup, League One, League Two, and if you're reading Maxwell's letter to the ten Championship clubs, we might not get a season finished in the Championship anyway. And might we well give ourselves the best hope. chance, though. Yeah, yeah, well, we should. And as a ten thousand pound fine, proportionate for the crimes that were committed by Kilmarnock and St Mirren, and I think Tony Fitzpatrick went into detail last night about some of the, you could call it a reason, you could call it an excuse as to why the St Mirren players, some of them were car sharing, and why it did breach the SPFL rule at the time, at a time when, if you remember back in the, the autumn time, these rules and regulations were changing, if not on a daily basis, certainly on a weekly basis when Nicola Sturgeon was standing up at Holyrood and it, it was all changing, so yes I agree, there does need to be some sanction, but I think we were more or less in accord at the time, thinking that the handing over of games to clubs and handing them over by 3-0, what had happened? There was, you know, St Mirren losing two games each by a scoreline of 3-0. That could have that could have relegated St Mirren at the end of the season, and, you know, is, is there fairness in that? Uh, Gary Holt, I think you were trying to, to come in there. Do you want to give us your thoughts? I, um, I didn't want to butt in, but I just think, see if, I, I, I think we touched on it before, Gordon, see if these rules and regulations were set in place and the, the fines were set in place from the outset, before the start of the season, you maybe not have the little breaches of protocols, like the car sharing, like the uh, whatever else it, it's went on. You can't just suddenly mid-season say, oh, the game was off, so we're going to go bang 3-0. I, I don't think that's fair, but I think, see if the rules are in place, like we know... You sit down with the referees and the committees and you know every new rule that's starting. So you know at the start of the season what a handball is and what, what is now a handball. Whether you agree with it or not, but you know the rules. You know the regulations, so there's nothing to come back to them. These are just, as as that, uh, Roger said there, it seemed to be week on week, something's changed. Oh, there's another rule put in place. There's another rule put in place. So you've got to have a little bit of leniency when it comes to something going wrong that suddenly, as I've said, we're not in a massive secure bubble that everyday all these football teams are just living in a hotel 
themselves for the whole 10 months to get the season finished. They're going home to their families, their, their, their kids, they're going shopping, they're doing the things that they need to do, um, and it's showing that you can pick it up anywhere. OK, let's park that for the meantime because we've got some fantastic fixtures to build up to. We will go back around the grounds next. The winning team all season long. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Mark Wilson, Gordon DL, Alex Ray in the studio. We've got the top team all around the grounds building up to five big Premiership fixtures at three o'clock on a Saturday. More than we've had in recent weeks. One big game still to come tomorrow. Lunchtime, of course, between Motherwell and Rangers Let's go back around the grounds uh, And get a flavour of the build up Back to Easter Road then Roger Hanna for Hibs against Kilmarnock What have you made of Hibs transfer business so far uh, Roger They've acted quickly And a couple of guys with uh, decent pedigrees Chris Cadden not starting today But Jackson Irvin does Yeah he does um, I've always liked Jackson Irvin I've always liked Chris Cadden Don't know so much about the goalkeeper Matt Macy Although I'm just looking at him warming up here And he is as Alec Ray would say A unit uh, the lad that's come up from Arsenal so I think Jack Ross will be pleased um, nothing wrong with his strike force this season Nisbet, Boyle, Murphy, Doidge all good attacking players he's got a settled back form now I mean sometimes Lewis Stevenson comes back in but Josh Doig is, is in at left back again today it was probably that midfield area you know he has missed Scott Allen this season um, Stephen Marlin's been in and out the team he's without Joe Newell now today so I think he was looking to bolster that area and in Jackson Irvin and Chris Cadden he's got two guys who are still reasonably young you could argue they've still got their best years ahead of them a good age and I think they'll really add something to that Hibernian midfield Let's hear from Jack Ross on the new signing of Chris Cadden amongst uh, who he's not playing today That's a delighted to to strengthen the squad again in terms of numbers, I think we need to do so. Um, again, profile-wise, bringing a player in who uh, is still relatively young, uh, has been in international squads and achieved international recognition previously. So we feel as if he's somebody again who can who can improve with us and help us get to where we want to be on a consistent basis. So excited about him joining the group and very much looking forward to working with him. He had other um, alternatives to, to consider um, when he decided to come away from the MLS and away from Columbus so um, that was one of the selling points for us was to hopefully propel him back into that um, and into the plans at international level because he'd been there previously and I, I'm lucky because I've seen quite a bit of him because um came up against him at Oxford during his time there so I've seen a lot of him recently as a player um, and from his point of view I think the opportunity for him to put himself very much back in people's thoughts in Scotland was an attraction hopefully coming to Hibs uh, Hamilton against Dundee United Fraser Wishart We had Lauren Shankland on the show During the week I don't know if we can promise you Another long range strike It was quite something wasn't it? It was unbelievable I mean it was the, the position on the park Not only was it near the halfway line But it was on the right hand side as well And to have that kind of vision He must have had a quick look At Xander Clark And I was listening to the show actually When it, when it went in And I think uh, you guys were kind of looking Maybe at the goalkeeper But when you watch it, it, it Absolutely no chance Because it's played in with with such pace, United will just be hoping this this kick starts his uh, season because I've seen him a couple of times and his link up play has been good, his movement's been good, but he's not been getting the goals that we're used to from Lauren Shankland because he's he's up a level. So they'll be hoping it kick 
starts a kind of a kind of scoring spree. We've seen it before when he was in the championship, where he'd go in and score you know three and four goals in the next couple of games. So that that's that's the big positive for Dundee United. And when you look at their team, they look they look settled, they look organised, they've got good pros and key positions. But Mickey Mellon's not scared to give the youngsters a chance, like of uh, Lewis Appery, who's uh, who's just come on and scored uh, during the week. Lewis Nielsen, young seventeen-year-old, who's playing full-back sites higher last summer, and they've got a young lad called Kerr Smith who's on the bench. High things thought of this lad, he's sixteen in December, signed his first pro contract now on the bench as well. So I think Mickey Mellon's been a good appointment. He's got a really good balance there of, of all types of of characters, and uh, for, for Hamilton, they're going to have to play against a team that I think have, have gone under the radar. I like United, but uh, Brian just seems to to get. And as Gary Holt knows, you know when you're, when you're operating at this kind of level with the kind of budgets you've got, you've got to bring in players who are the right type, guys who will go and first and foremost graft for you, and if you can get that wee bit of quality from them as well, then 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 that's that's a bonus. And I think Brian's got that in his squad. There's like some Marius Ompo and one or two others coming back into the squad. It's beginning to look a bit more like a, a Hamilton Aki's team. So uh, look forward to this one. It was a really good game, one each here earlier on in the season in August. I think it'll be just as close, but I think United might just shade it. Shankland might just make the difference. Let's hear from the managers in the Battle of the Saints, Callum Davidson, the home boss. Yeah, it's been a great run, you know. I think obviously he's been very fortunate to bring in players as well uh, during this time. So it's going to be a really tough game. Uh, they're always well organised, uh, very hard to beat, really good in the counter attack. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough game. I think we probably down there, Jason got sent off and we're 2 1 up in control. I thought we worked really hard down there uh, and just conceded two goals late on. So, something for us to remember. You know, we want to make sure we come out uh, on Saturday with three points, but it's going to be a tough game. We're very slow out of the traps and that's something that we've spoke about this week and something that we have to uh, make amends for at the weekend because we can't afford to keep allowing the opposition to go a goal in front and then having to go and score you know, a couple of goals to win it. So hopefully we'll see a reaction on Saturday uh, and we'll you know, come flying out of the blocks a little bit better than what we have done in the last couple of games. But, you know... We don't like drawing games. We don't like losing games. We go into every game trying to win. But um, I think when you're playing poorly, to be able to grind out a draw is sometimes a good thing. And, you know, I think that's us. We've only lost uh, two games, I think it is, in the last 16, which is, um, you know, decent form to be on. Um, Of those 16 games, we've managed to win eight of them. So, you know, we're in a decent place at the moment. Cannot believe that That was my stat That was my St Mirren stat And Jim Goodwin's gone and ruined it I should have listened to the clip uh, Beforehand Two defeats in 16 So clearly yeah. On a very good run I mean they've come off their, their winning run But still two defeats in 16 How buoyed will they be By the fact that that appeal Went in their favour yesterday It'll now be settled on the pitch If you look at what's happened since then They have a Very comfortable gap Over Motherwell now Mm. And they have to play them again anyway Um, And it's all about Really looking up the way They're building A decent squad And and making some important signings as well Watched them last week Gordon Um, Weren't at their best In the first half I got to say And I said uh, On the programme That Motherwell should have been out of sight They had terrific chances Um, But second half I think the signing of Brophy Is a real good signing for them I really do Once a beaker's fit I would like to see that partnership I think that would be a very good partnership indeed He's built from the back They've got a very good goalkeeper They've got a very And you need that Experience back four as well uh, Yeah But his goalkeeper I thought you seen the save from uh, The free kick Makahara It was top drawer Gordon And it, that's a point It's and, and a bad day When they've not played particularly well That's a good point uh, He'll be delighted with that That will give them such a confidence Look, surviving for me I know that Tony Fitzpatrick Chief Exec Sets the bar a bit higher for them Quite rightly so That's his club And he, he believes in the manager Believes in the squad But I think that 
you know, they'll be safe this year, but they're a, they're, they're a good side. Yeah, they've actually got some good midfielders as well. The boy Doyle Hayes tidy on the ball. McGrath's been a great addition, Gordon. Got a few mm-hmm. goals, so done well, Joe. Uh, let's hear from the managers ahead of Ross County, Aberdeen. John Hughes up there. Every game for now is a cup final uh, for us. You know that old cliche, but it's, we can't. We still have to go in and express ourselves. We can't go out and play. And I understand that, and I've been there as a player, you know, it's the freedom to go and play. And when we do it, uh, and what I'm seeing on the training pitch, you're going, yeah, good. So it's just a matter of bringing that uh, to every game on a Saturday. And hopefully we can do that. We know what we're up against, but we'll be up against the right. Derek's done a marvellous job up there. Um, Right good Aberdeen team. But they are where they are for a reason. And they want to bounce back after... you know, their defeat on Saturday, so... Let's hear from Derek McInnes. You played Ross County maybe the last time, I think they might have been bought in the league, um, and I said then, it'll fluctuate to whoever, whoever teams at the bottom of the league can change over the course of a season several times, and, uh, you know, I believe that Ross County had a good enough squad and, and a good enough manager then to, to stay in the Premier League, and I still believe that. It's a different manager, um, and I'm sure John will be looking to try and get a few of his own players in in January he's, he's already maybe brought a couple in and try to get his stamp on it and make those little changes and tweaks here and there so I still think they've got a squad that can stay in the Premier League and I still think they've got a manager that can do that All set up then ahead of kick-off we'll go back to Celtic Park next The fastest goals the expert opinions this is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Couple of minutes away from kickoff, let's go back to Celtic Park, get a recap of the teams with Gary Holt and Alison Conroy. Just waiting on the teams to come out the tunnel here at Celtic Park for this one. Two changes for Celtic, one change for Livingston. Connor Hazard will be in goal for the home side. A back four of Anthony Ralsmuir, Beaton, Sheer Duffy and Diego Laxalt. Then it'll be Ismaila Soro and Callum McGregor with the three of Jeremy Frimpong, David Turnbull and Mikey Johnson. Up top, we think, will be Tom Rogic. For Livingston, it'll be Max Strychek in goal, a back four of Nicky Devlin, Effie Ambrose, John Guthrie and Kieran Brown. Your midfield four will be Steve Lawson, Marvin Batley, Scott Pittman and Craig Sibbles. Up top, Josh Mullen and Scott Robinson. Gary Holt, we look at this game. Livingston very much the form team going into this. Can you see any more slip-ups in Celtic today? Um, it's going to be intriguing uh, and I'm, I'm excited to look forward to the game um, you've got a team full of confidence which is now the home side for a change um, so I'll be interested to see how the Levy players going to approach the game do they believe they can come here and get the result that's the biggest thing So, because we've all and the guys in the studio tell you when you come to these places you've got to believe that you can get someone out of the game so they're on confidence they've got a chance to go nine, nine wins in a row uh, Celtic are a wee bit fragile um, which is strange as they're not used to that so I firmly believe they can get a result um, but as long as they stick to the principles of, of what they've done so far if they think they can go gung-ho toe-to-toe with Celtic they'll, they'll, they'll lose the game I think they've got to, to stick to their game plan not worry about how Celtic are going to play and uh, we'll see what they can get out of the game When you look at that Celtic starting 11 it is 11 first team players so although they've got those 13 out all of these players have been playing first team football this season yeah, and that's the thing that you've got to be wary of. Um, there's there's boys out there with a lot of experience. Um, you look at the captain, Callum McGregor, he plays every game, every week, uh, for as many years as I can remember. So they've got an abundance of talent. Um, they have missing that X factor at the top end of the pitch, probably with an Edward, a Griffiths, a Yeti. So that, that's maybe where they're lacking, but they've got, they have got goals, they've got creativity in the side, but 
it's the focal point they're missing and that gives Livingston that extra belief that they can they don't need to worry about a num an actual number nine as such so they, they've got that chance now to go and put a, a, a mark in the game when you look at Livingston, it is a massive week for them. You know these players well. They've got Celtic today, Celtic Wednesday, then they've got that League Cup semi-final. Is that a bit of a balancing act? It'll be interesting to see how today plans out. I think that'll implement what happens on Wednesday, uh, going into the semi-final and, uh, next weekend, because uh, they're, they're not going down. Uh, they're too good a side to go down. They showed that with the results, and I think next week's a, a massive weekend for them. And we are underway here at Celtic Park. It's Celtic against Livingston. Goal Flashes with Top Scaffolding. For the top team in scaffolding, visit topscaffolding.co.uk. Design, quote, deliver. And we're underway then. I feel like we're spoiled for choice this afternoon. We've got five big yeah. games uh, in the Scottish Premiership. We've not had that on a three o'clock Saturday afternoon of late. Uh, no Hugh Keevans, of course. He's looking after himself at home, which means it's left to you three dafties to give us <laughs> equally horrendous match predictions. How is the ACA looking, Mark Wilson? Yes, I will start off and in true Hugh Keevans fashion probably get it horribly wrong. I think Celtic will beat Livingston, but not by much. Uh, years gone by, I would say it would be three and four. I think they'll only scrape across the line. Dundee United, I fancy them uh, today at Hamilton. Hibs, Back to winning ways against Kilmarnock Aberdeen will beat Ross County And I'll go for a, a draw between St Johnson and St Mirren um, Celtic for me um, I think Hamilton Dundee United draw I think Hamilton can get something there On that pitch Hibs at home Aberdeen away And I fancy St Mirren uh, To win at St Johnson Ooh. I'm surprised that you, Gordon, having a pop about predictions when I called it would be a draw on Monday night with Celtic versus Hibs, but let's go to today's ones. Uh. I can't even remember that, to be honest. <laughs> Celtic will beat Livingston. I'm going to go for Hamilton. Dundee United as a draw. Hibs versus Kilmarnock a draw. Aberdeen to win. And St Johnson to turn over St Mirren. Scottish football's league leader. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Maybe this is just me, right? And as soon as we open the the phone lines, this theory will get blown out of the water. But just for us in the studio, Celtic have got themselves in such a mess this season. This doesn't even really feel like a surprise. You know, and it, Celtic are about to fall. Remind me of the, the points gap at the moment. It's 21. 21 so it yeah. would go to 20, but it could be increased with a Rangers win tomorrow. And it just feels not that surprising anymore. You know, to us that is Gordon. I think even looking at it, the players as well, there is almost an acceptance from the players on the pitch at the minute that this is Peter now and we'll take a point almost here. That's unacceptable for for Celtic and, and Celtic players. That's what it looks like. There is no bombardment of the levy box. There's no sending up the cavalry yeah, to wave try and wave. Yeah, absolutely. No, look, I mean we're looking them pass the ball about the back and it's almost like let's get out of here let's get home with, with a point and everything will be okay no that's not good enough when you're at Celtic and everyone it's always you know top two I don't think there was any real doubt about it but what a missed opportunity for Aberdeen to put yeah, a little bit of pressure on yeah. they're playing the bottom team in the league they're seeing Celtic getting held again I'm not saying that come May Aberdeen were going to finish above Celtic but they had the chance to make it interesting yeah Gordon they've actually got a fight in their hands now Aberdeen for third place I always thought that Aberdeen would cement that third place because of the players that they had but Jack Ross's boys and we've actually just touched on the, the actual stats that'll be two wins on the la in the last seven for Hibs yeah, they're going to leapfrog Aberdeen. So, you know, they'll be looking for a little bit more, I would imagine. 
Yeah, I do agree because I was just looking at Gordon. If they had a one today, you know, put some right on Celtic's heels. And okay, everybody will have the argument. Well, Celtic will get games in hand, but the way Celtic are going about their business just now, you wouldn't bank on them to win their games in hand because we're kind of dealing with today's football. But Celtic play Livy again on Wednesday. Yeah, but it's at Livy, mm. and it's even harder than it, you yeah. know on paper. It should be even harder than. Yeah. Than it has been today uh, uh, And now I know they'll have players back And Neil Lennon will be back But some Is it, is it kind of Sunday, Monday They're back I've seen reports about You know getting treadmills To run on But how sharp yeah. are they going to be Are they going to be able to play And uh, Yeah It's a difficult one uh, And I'm looking at this game today And the trip to Dubai About you know Getting the players Working hard And, and you know Really putting football Into their legs When they're away They look More tired Than Livy Today and Livy have stayed at home. Livy have had games. That's the worrying thing. If you go to Dubai and it's justified when you come back, never mind the COVID thing. Then you go. You can see it in the performances. Well, two games at home has had the opposite effect in these Celtic well, To be fair, Mark, I'm not cutting them any slack. But to be fair, they went to Dubai hoping that coming back they could kick their season going. Without thirteen players, and 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 it's noticeable today. As much as we're saying that is a good experience team, the front lads are mm. sadly missing. Full time at Celtic Park. Celtic against Livy is done. Here is Gary Holt and Alison Conroy. Full time at Celtic Park. Celtic nil, Livingston nil. More drop points for Celtic against a well organised Livingston side. They had the best early chance. John Guthrie fired just past the post before Callum McGregor clipped the top of the crossbar for Celtic. Then the ball broke to Jeremy Frimpong, but his shot was saved. Into the second half, and Scott Robinson had a 20 yard strike just wide of the post for Livingston. For Effie Ambrose, had a free header seven yards out, but he completely misjudged it. Josh Mull strike was then touched onto the crossbar by Connor Hazard for Armstrong. Okoflex had the best chance for Celtic of the game, just yards out and he should have really done better. Then Nicky Devlin, another chance for Livingston. He beat Ewan Henderson but he shot crept just past the far post. Full time at Celtic nil, Livingston nil. Gary Holt, picking up what the guys were saying in the studio as well, it doesn't come as a surprise anymore. No, and to be honest, Alison, we're sitting here and we've, we've talked about Celtic this, Celtic that. Livy were outstanding. Yep. Livy to a man were excellent. Should have won the game. Should have won the game. They'll be disappointed. The, the lads will be, they'll be sitting in there thinking, what could have been with a wee bit more uh, composure in front of goal? Um, Celtic offered, apart from the ball for Alston, that was that was it the whole game. There was very very little the the lethargy about them, um, devoid of attacking threat to be honest so that that's a disappointing thing for them to look at but to, for Livingston to come here and put in that performance and we know they're in a great run uh, the wins have done that but this was a this was a should have been a serious test and just, they well stood up to that and like I said if he'll be kicking himself because that's I think he actually put too much yeah. on the header rather than just cushioning it into the net so um, no I'm very pleased with, with, with how Livy played and how they went about their jobs and um, caused all sort of, sorts of problems does this look like a Celtic team that, in a sense, have admitted defeat? Well, I wouldn't say there's too many of them there that are looking as a long-term fixture mm-hmm. in the Celtic side. Um, you're looking at the the boys who are, are getting a chance to, to go and earn a contract and a further career, but they looked, as I said, they looked scared. They looked a wee bit in their shell. They looked a wee bit like, this is this is tough. And they're looking then for your experienced ones, like McGregor, um, Duffy, people like that, to, to take the onus and... Uh, almost an even Roger I felt I felt for a bit from because 
he's up there on his Todd um, and feeding off scraps and they couldn't get a foothold in the game and don't, don't get me wrong Livingston were never going to let them um, but you're looking at your experienced boys to, to, to up the ante take, take the pressure off the younger ones and they didn't really do it no goals at Celtic Park. More points dropped for Celtic as well. Full time at finish. Celtic nil, Livingston nil. Celtic fans, what did you make of that? 01419511025. Even more drop points. It's full time in Hamilton. Let's go to Fraser. Hamilton Aki's nil, Dundee United nil. Not a classic. I think both bosses will feel they could have won the game, but a draw was a fair result. Few chances in the first half. Dundee United had more of the ball, the better team had the best chance of the half. 25 minutes. Dylan Powers a clever cross into the six-yard box. A powerful Ian Hart's header, and it was turned over by Ryan Fulton in the goals. It was a brilliant save by the Aki's goalkeeper. The closest the Aki's came, Callum Smith blasted over from inside the box from a Ross Callahan pass, and then on the half-time whistle, Callahan with a low free kick from wide, and Sigrist had to fist the ball away for a corner kick hope for better in the second half and there certainly was both sides were brighter Aki's in particular Hodgson tested Sigrist almost immediately from 18 yards at the other end Nicky Clark brought out a good save from Fulton from a similar position Odefan then had a 20 yard effort a fingertip save by the diving Sigrist and David Moyle then headed just over from a man cross United then had a penalty claim Ian Hart's tripped inside the box but Ben Ben Sterling looked a penalty to me but Mickey Mellon shouting for it but he didn't get it and already it was better in the first 10 minutes of the second half in the whole of the first 45 65 minutes another piece of good interplay from United Lauren Shanklin ended up with the ball 20 yards out drilled a shot inches wide with the goalkeeper scrambling but sadly the quality dropped as did the tempo after that both managers made changes as it looked like one goal would win it and both sides looking they were frightened to make that mistake in case they would lose the game completely in the 82nd minute closest United came in the closing stages Hakim Odefan stopped a certain goal clever move again Lauren Shanklin lovely low cross into the 6 yard box in front of his own goal Odefan with a brilliant clearance to stop Jimmy Robson from a tap-in but the game after that just petered out into a goalless draw four draws in the last five frustrate Mickey Mellon but this point keeps Aki's off the bottom of the table full-time here Hamilton Aki's nil Dundee United nil it's also finished in the capital Hibs against Kilmarnock Roger Hanna Hibernian and two Kilmarnock nil Hibs go third in the Premiership tonight with a third win of the season over Kelly Alan Powell's own goal turned the game in favour of the hosts early in the second half and then Alec Gogic's first goal for Hibs sealed the win late on and it sends Jack Ross's team to Hamden a great nick for next Saturday's Betfred Cup semi-final against St Johnson a poor first half only a couple of half chances from set pieces Melker Halberg's corner from the right headed over the bar by Paul McGinn and then at the other end Matt Macy making his home debut in goal for Hibs up to clutch a set piece from Mitch Pinnock but the game started much much brighter come on uh, and I should say in the front foot from the off Paul Hanlon having a header from another set piece by Halberg it was clawed out by Kilmarnock goalkeeper Danny Rogers three minutes after the break and that really set the tone three minutes later the hosts were ahead Josh Doig terrific progress down the left hand side fizzed in across Rogers looked as if he had it covered but Alan Power slid in to try and divert it for a corner only succeeded in diverting it between Rogers legs and into the back of the net Kilmarnock's response was to send on Nicky Kabamba and Chris Burke for Danny Whitehall and Aaron Tishbola but again they were on the back foot for long passages of the game that said they did almost level in 69 minutes power getting forward lifting a pass into the path of Kabamba left foot shot on the angle across Macy but off the inside of the far post and back out Debuton Jackson Irvin he made way for Christian Doidge Hibs trying to get a killer second goal 75 minutes Doig crossing Martin Boyle's header and another fine save by Rogers in a Kilmarnock goal that was then a Hibs 
penalty claim as left back Doig again into the box. Sandwich between Yusuf Malumbu and Aaron McGowan, but referee Wally Collum not impressed at all. They then booked power for a foul on Boyle. Kilmarnock lost right back Aaron McGowan to injury, and that meant a debut for Diego Eli Dabo at right back for them. But this gate, the goal. Hibs have been looking for the second goal to kill the game as a contest arrived after 79 minutes. Kilmarnock couldn't clear a free kick into the box. It failed to substitute Dodge. He laid it back into the path of Gogic and he smashed a terrific right foot shot from 18 yards high into the postage stamp corner past Rodgers. It was his first goal for Hibernian and his first in scoring for Hamilton here at Easter Road in January last year. To complete a terrific day for Hibs, Chris Cadden became their second debut into the afternoon as he came on for Boyle in the closing stages. Terrific week for Jack Ross. We hope it continues to Hamden in seven days' time. Hibs 2, Kelly Nell. OK, uh, some big results coming in. The open line is just around the corner, so make sure you get your calls in. We do have a full time from St Johnson uh, against St Mirren, so let's find out what happened up there in Perth. It's Chris Kane who's the match winner in Perth for St Johnston against 10-man St Mirren. Not a classic by any means, but a valuable three points for the Saints. The first since the 6th of November. The only goal of the game coming about 30 seconds into the second half. St Johnston's number nine latching on to Melamed's pass. He needed two bites of the cherry though. His first effort saved by Anik, but his second just squeezed under the St Mirren keeper. St Mirren, they weren't happy, appealing for a foul in the build-up, and they certainly weren't happy about 10 minutes later when Cameron McPherson was given his second yellow for a sliding challenge. He was adamant he got the ball, but referee Stephen McLean said no. After that, the Visitors, they huffed and puffed, but they never really created any clear-cut chances. Chris Kane, the St Johnston striker, he really should have sealed it. A golden chance to get his second, but fired over from just about 12 yards. An important victory, though, for St Johnston, and as I said, a first league win since the 6th of November. Full-time at McDermott Park, St Johnston won... 10-man St Mirren nil. So, an incredible afternoon of Scottish football. 01419511025. We've still to get you a full-time report from Ross County, Aberdeen. And believe me, that was quite the result up there as well. Get your calls in now, though. The open line is here. Your chance to have your say. Celtic fans, what on earth is there left to say? Dropping points again, this time at home to Livingston. How are you feeling tonight? 01419511025. Your call's next. After the action, it's your reaction. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. Another incredible afternoon of football at Celtic Park where Celtic drop points again. The Covid hit squad gets a nil-nil draw at home to Livingston who might feel like they could have won the game. So between now and six o'clock, we're going to hear from you on the phones. What did you make of it? We are going to hear from the likes of... Gavin Strachan and David Martindale uh, will build up to tomorrow's game between Motherwell and Rangers and all the other talking points from today as well. Mark Wilson, Gordon DL and Alex Ray are in the studio. Gary Holt was our eyewitness at Celtic Park as well, so we'll speak to him. Let's give you our final full-time whistle while you get your calls in. Dave Galloway is going to tell us what happened in Dingwall. Quite the result up there as well. It's finished Ross County 4, Aberdeen 1. What a start from John Hughes's men as they took a first-minute lead. Hilton supplied Shaw, who was given too much time by the Dons defence to pick a spot and score it with a low drive. The visitors tried to hit back. They had a Kennedy shot from just outside the box that went wide and Maine couldn't uh, connect properly with Hayes's ball in, but it was 2-0 after 20 minutes. Payton crossed from the right um, for Lacken to convert at the back post. County full of confidence and Charles 
Cook burst clear on goal, but um, the flag was up for offside. The Dons turned up the pressure. Cosgrove's driven cross across goal, found no takers. Laidlaw had a brilliant close-range block to deny Kennedy after Maine's knockdown, and Laidlaw also saved well with his legs from Wright, who'd worked a neat one-two with Maine. A minute into first-half injury time, Aberdeen got a goal back following a corner. Hoban's header was adjudged to have gone in off Lakaviti for an OG. The Dons' pressure continued after the interval. Laidlaw saved uh, Ferguson's drive from outside the box and Wright had a couple of shots charged down and then uh, after a fine run through by Kennedy um, his cross found no takers. Shaw wasn't uh, far away from a third goal against the run of play for County trying his luck with a spectacular effort from wide on the right hand side. Much of the second half was about Don's pressure but County made that count for absolutely nothing after 84 minutes when Shaw uh, scored his second of the match. Viger's corner was helped on by Draper for Shaw to pounce from close range and hammer the ball into the net. Then a final twist in the tail and in the 93rd minute it was 4-1 Hilton scoring after getting the break of the ball when he found himself clean through on Lewis. The final score once again, Ross County 4, Aberdeen 1. Wow, what a scoreline that is 01419511025 Well we just go straight to the phones I feel like it's going to be a bit yeah, lively Yeah, don't um, hang about On there Owen is a Celtic fan from Falkirk Can we just sum up what you witnessed this afternoon, Owen? Well, overall I'm just so disappointed um, In the full Celtic performances since After the Rangers game And today just kind of sums it up It's almost as bad as, bad as I would say as the, the Ronnie Delia era the team is just not playing with any hunger. Um, it's like nobody wants it. And when you think somebody is on the bench, you could maybe come on and bring you a wee spark. But we Karamoko, Dembele on, on the bench there, because Rogic, I think we've seen the best of him. But for him to last 80 minutes in the game without the management on the bench, or Neil Lennon at home, watching it, say, How, why is there not getting a change here? And then I've heard that Dembele is not getting a game due to his contract. He's not wanting to sign a new contract next year. However, we've got him in contract just now. So he can, we know he can score goals. So get one to score goals. Because half that team, I wouldn't give a contract to next year. Yeah, I mean, Owen mentions the, the previous kind of run as well. It's obviously not just about today, Mark Wilson. Celtic have won 7 out of 21 games yeah. since mid-October. One of them was on penalties. Now, you can't take that away. That's still, you know, it's, it's a victory. They won the Scottish Cup. Um, but just to add a bit more context, 7 out of 21 since mid-October. Listen, you can't hide it. You can't paper over the cracks here. You can't disguise it any way you like. It is unacceptable to win 7 out of 21. It's unacceptable to play at home like they did this afternoon What we've just witnessed I think Owen's bang on When you say uh, There seems to be no hunger There seems to be n- Nobody willing to take games By the scruff of the neck Turnbull yes And flashes in recent week weeks But the rest of them No It is the end of an era There's no doubt about it Guys who have served the club Well uh, I mean guys who will be remembered For years to come For what they've achieved for the club It looks like It's coming to an end for them Because the players that they've played in the last two games on the pitch have more than enough to perform better than they have. But it's the same old performance people are seeing again. And when does it come to an end? That's that's what the interesting thing is for the weeks going ahead. It's not can they call back Rangers. It's when this is going to come to an end. When does Peter Lowell or Dermot Desmond 
get to the decision that enough is enough and something has to change. As much as we don't like it, people losing their jobs, there has to be a realisation that come next season, season tickets have to be sold. They have to attract players into a new idea. Mm. They have to have new ambitions. And when does that start? It's surely got to start soon. Gary Holt, you were at Celtic Park today. We accept, obviously, that Celtic are majorly hit by uh, the players who were isolating. But even taking all that into account... Were you surprised at the performance level you witnessed? Uh, I, I was I was amazed that how dull and devoid of of any kind of flair, any kind of enthusiasm to to go and run about. Um, we've all played football. We all enjoy football. We all, you all go out to try your best. It just there was no spark. There was no there was no one grabbing the the, the game by the scruff and and making things happen. It was all it was almost devoid of of. Oh, 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 this is tough. What do we do? Um, disappointed, disappointed in, in, in a team that, like you said, they're, they're getting an opportunity. They've got a great chance here, as you said, to, to build a career. And I couldn't think MD had come away with past marks, to be honest. And that that's really disappointing. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I touched on it. Livingston were excellent to a man. Um, should have won the game, and they'll be disappointed that they didn't. But you're expecting more for Celtic. You're expecting more for the players that are on that part to go and produce something, and they just didn't. They didn't do it. And yes, we can all. We've all had bad games, and we've all played spells where it's not going well. But you can still run about, and they just didn't do that for me uh, for ninety minutes. Yeah, we shouldn't get lost in the fact that Livy were excellent and and really sh- perhaps should have won the game. So congratulations to them because I know what this phone end is going to look like on Monday night. It will be lots of angry. Uh, Celtic fans So let it be clear That we, we give Livy Full credit for their part in it Owen w- w- Where do you go from here? What, you know This is such a A big A big picture You know You've got today You've got Dubai You've got the title race You've got Neil Lennon You've got recruitment Goodness knows where you would even begin How, how do you feel about it all And the way it's all added up? Alright so In my opinion After the, the Rangers game I thought we played well in that game And the, the best thing Would have been to get back in a training on the Monday and get working because as a team, then we went to Dubai. Now we've discussed it before. We shouldn't went. We shouldn't have went to Dubai just for the full COVID situations. And I just don't think the team really deserves to go to Dubai after the performance. Now we went there, and then to be fair to the Celtic team today, it's not the team they would be playing, but that was due to the self isolation and such. But what I would say now is Neil Lennon packed his bags to go to Dubai. I'd pack them again and I wouldn't come back on Monday. And now it's a, it's a chance that we're not going to win the league. So now it's a time to focus on next season and get a new management and new coaching staff and, and start to build the team for next year, if we're being I, realistic. I was saying Owen, Owen was talking about Ron Daly earlier on. I think he when his second season, he won, he won the, the league by 15 points, Gordon. So I don't think there was an issue there. And I think he's doing him a disservice. No uh, Rangers in the league. But yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Point, yeah. But even the start, a considerable gap. Uh, one of the things that Mark Wilson touched on there was in terms of season tickets. Where did he go for here? Celtic are in disarray. Off the pitch, on the pitch, they're in disarray. They have to make a decision. They have to come out publicly, the chief executive, and not an in-house one, make a decision whether they're going to stick with Neil Lennon or not. He's not done that yet. And for me, they have to look forward because if they let this rumble on, Gordon, season tickets I mean, becomes a big issue. Deal, a lot of it, and by the way, I, I know that I can say this today in 16th of January with the benefit of hindsight, fine. But a lot of this was, was all built on but look, we've got games in hand. Let's mm-hmm. wait and see what yeah. happens. And now that stuff has been blown apart. 
what, what What's happening? That's the obvious question How do you even begin to answer that? Uh, it's very difficult to answer I don't even think people at Celtic Football Club Can answer that just now Every department has fallen apart From the top to the bottom um, That today tells me that There's no backup plan as well Because there's players there That have been sitting waiting for an opportunity Against Livingston And all credit to Livingston They were terrific But you've got to go out there and say I want to be part of the rebuilding of this Now They said that they were going to look at it in January They've come out and said that Neil Lennon's got to be the manager at the end of the season Me personally If Neil's not got to be there now, I would strongly say he's not going to be there I think everybody's going to agree on that I think you've got to start rebuilding now Gordon I really mm. do What is the point of just Going week to week And, it's, and you're right Supporters Eventually when they get back into the ground To buy these season tickets Could you imagine Celtic Park Was you know, there was a crowd in there this afternoon. They're going off their heads. They're not accepting it. And they've got to be a rebuilding job. And me personally, big decisions have got to be made. You can't just go week to week on this and come out with, you know, the fact that we're going to wait to end the season. Celtic fans will not accept that. They will not accept what they're watching today. The players showing that to take this club where they want to be is not there today as well, except for maybe one or two. Um, so if they're going to do changes Do them now And start mm. rebuilding uh, Owen thank you very much For kicking us off Mark Is a Celtic fan in Hamilton What what kind of words Spring to mind Mark When you're trying to Describe what you saw today And, and sum up how you feel it's, it's hard to put words to that Gordon But I've seen the day But the team that went out To play the other day You would keep the goalkeeper Turnbull and Sorrow And see the rest of them You've got to get rid of them all. There's 35 players in that squad. And honestly, you've, if you get a chance to look through it, it's, it's hard to believe some of the players have got there that they're paying money for. They've all got, they're going to need absolute millions to get an 11 on the part for next season, never mind anything else. Matt, Matt, yeah, so McGregor there, you would keep McGregor. I do, I do, Gordon, do you know something, mate? You wouldn't. What I've seen with Gordon, I wouldn't keep him, no. That's my opinion, no. What did he do today? What's he done for weeks? Do you know something? Sometimes as a player, Mark and Alec will tell you, sometimes as a player, you need players round about you as well. You know, it's it's a team game. It's not an individual. Uh, I think McGregor's been absolutely outstanding for Celtic. He's played a hell of a lot of games. And is his form the way that we normally associate uh, Cal McGregor with just now No it's not But that's a that's big part of it as well You know you've got mm. talented players And they're Like say they're Turnbull Turnbull's been brilliant Has Turnbull been an outstanding game today? No it's not So I think that somewhere along the line Instead of just picking an individual You need to, you need other people mm. round, round about you Just to spur you on Get you going And obviously I just felt I felt for Callum McGregor I really do Trying to get a handle on, on how, how bad you feel things are, Mark Because this question means different things Depending on, on what age you are and, and what you've experienced previously And now, of course, Celtic had set the bar so high In previous seasons But I wonder, how, how are you feeling about your team now? And how, how does that compare to other other kind of times in, in your life as a supporter? Oh, you, you, you can't feel anything but absolutely Got it watching that now it's what we're watching I'm 54 year old watched them for a long time But watching this way See, the, the first game against Hamilton Ackies, if you remember it, they had great chances in that game, although they won, but it went through the first game right to the night, 
and it's just absolutely dreadful to watch. And I, I blame the board for Pete Mahoney, John Kennedy, the Lance Dragon, and Mr. Lennon. They should have been away weeks ago. Whether it had changed or whether it made any difference, they three are an absolute mess. They're, they're never. Neil Lennon, you're only got a legacy for Neil Lennon. That's gone. A lad made an, a point a few weeks ago back that in 10 years' time or 15 years' time, whatever it may be, nobody's gone in the member what Neil Lennon done. It's always going to be he lost as a league and the way we lost the league, and he's the man that was the manager. Uh, Gary Holt, having been there, because. Very lucky position Loads of people would love to be able to go to games at the moment You have, have been like us you've, I'm sure you've watched it a lot on TV And you, in fact you faced Celtic earlier this season it, Was there anything about being there in the flesh That, that sort of took you by surprise did, did it seem like a team that was just that, that you know That's done and is, is, is very unlikely to make any fight of things um, the, the, They did look a wee bit lacking in confidence uh, right throughout the team Even the experienced boys They just looked And and, and Gordon's 100% right You need Callum McGregor Is used to playing With international superstars Round about him um, And to help him When he's not having a great game So he's looking today And it's, it, it's, it's young kids Trying to make their names And if they're having a bad game And he's not at it as well it, it, It's going to get hard To get a foothold So it just looked A wee bit nervy It just looked a wee bit uh, Oh this is this is tough This, this isn't what we're signed up to to be, we're meant to dominate games. We're meant to have time on the ball. We're meant to be able to play, um, and they got a shock. But that—that's credit to the team they were playing against. But there, there just was a lack of urgency. There was just a lack of that enthusiasm. Like I said, if you roll your sleeves up, and you're, you're prepared to put the, the hard graft in, and you know you have to do that first and foremost. You don't always get the opportunity to play football, and I think the way the game, the first ten minutes, just. Totally set the, the the tone of the game, and and they just couldn't get a foothold, and then they just suddenly regressed into right. Let's make it safe. Let's make it safe. Let's not give the ball away. Let's not try and uh, produce something and had a negative effect on how, on how they're going to express themselves. Yeah, I think Livingston will feel unlucky. Uh, they only took a point. David Martindale set up his team brilliant, and Gary's touched on it there. From the very off, they came out with intent. They looked like a team as if it was going to score. The opportunity that Effie Ambrose misses is guilt edge. And then the boy Millen scudded the bar So Celtic have to do so much better In what they're doing And he talks about young players there But some of these young players Have been kind of lauded as well You know Frimpong You know people saying He's worth X amount of money You know there was an opportunity For Mikey Johnson Who signed a five year contract A year ago So he's going to be a long term For what's there But when you look at the senior players You know uh, Callum McGregor Tom Rogic and Then you look at Laxalt With the pedigree that he comes with Shane Duffy Genuinely If they can get him back to Brighton I would, I would suggest that they send him back Take him back down tonight Because it, it looks way out of his depth mm-hmm. you, you uh, know, Sometimes when I When I try You know There are certain Usually when, when I I can't read out all the tweets Obviously mm-hmm. right Because that's You know Defeats the purpose And sometimes they're, they're nonsense And then sometimes They get to a level Where it makes me laugh So George I'm sorry to pick on you right But George has tweeted in And says so, and this is serious by the way So Livy Who you've been bumming up For eight games in a row Failed to beat a Celtic reserves Yet you're criticising Celtic There can't be There cannot be that level of Of tone deafness out there yeah. Surely all the Celtic People, fans Apart from George Are now realising That this is This is bad Well that's why I said Right at the start there You can't paper over the cracks Or disguise us in any way Some Celtic fans And some And I think it's now A small minority Will try and defend it And be blinded to it but when you're seeing a Celtic reserve side and the guys are saying, oh, young team, I'm looking at the starting 11 today and there's eight players there 
who would in any regular Saturday be in Neil Lennon sinking Duffy Beaton Laxalt Frimpong McGregor Sorrow and Turnbull who the fans were saying these two are the next best things and Rogic they're all playing today they all played the majority of the game it is not a Celtic reserve side and once again it served up the same performance as if you had the 13 who are isolating mm. available Mark some, there would have been at least 8 or 9 of the boys featured in the cup final a couple of weeks ago as well so it's not as if you're actually here with a team of young guys, Gordon. There's guys there that are internationals. There's guys there that have moved for millions. You Rogic was supposed to go in the summer for four million pounds. Posted missing. Uh, thank you to Mark in Hamilton. Let's bring in Peter in Balloch. Uh Peter, the, the impression I'm getting from the Celtic fans is almost that the anger has kind of given way to just disappointment and, and just kind of scunnered by it. How, how do you feel at the moment? No, in my case, I'm I'm. Uh more angry than I could possibly tell you. Um, <clears throat> in a few weeks' time, I'll be entering my 70th year on this planet, and I've been an active follower of the Celtic um, for more than 60 years. The first game I can really remember was the 1961 Scottish Cup final against Infermont, when somebody called Steen took the cup away from us. Um, it's never been so bad. The only time you can compare this with was when Celtic nearly went out of existence with eight minutes to spare apparently um, but even at that time we were all fighting we were all enervated, we were all uh, full of passion trying to save the club which was achieved through uh, through the bonnet um, there's an appalling um, culture of arrogance and entitlement at Celtic um, they're the most unambitious big football club on the planet and it's been like that for years, a lot of us have seen this coming a lot of us have predicted this even during the the nine years of dominance when Rangers weren't featuring uh, as uh, as competition, um, we could see stuff going wrong. And it all comes down to the ownership of Dermot Desmond, his accountant, Peter Lowell, which is what he essentially is, and Lowell's appointment, his controllable appointment, Neil Lennon, which was shocking, shocking. I've never been so depressed in my life as after the Scottish Cup final against Harps when he was... Uh, by Lowell's own boast uh, appointed in the showers. It, it has come to a point where it's got to be changed root and branch because the Celtic fans are so angry. And it's, you know, as the previous caller said, there's only a tiny minority of faithful through and through guys who, 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 who can argue against us. People are basically saying, I'm not renewing this season. I'm not buying a season ticket. We want Desmond to sell out. We want Lowell to go. We want Lennon to go. He should never have been there in the first place. And we want to change from the beginning. We want to see someone owning the club who's actually going to see the opportunity that Celtic presents to be a real active force in Europe. Well, Pierre, a, a lot of strong points here. And like you say, you've you've been on the planet longer than me. Um, is this the, the darkest time since it nearly went out of existence? Yeah, on, on, on the football park... Perhaps of the football part, Celtic for the past nine years and, and even longer uh, have been hugely successful. You know, f- is it fifteen out of the last twenty league titles? Hugely successful. Yes, I'll take your point on the football pitch side of it and the Dubai calamity. Yes, it has been pretty bleak, pretty dark times. Um, and and I can get your anger. And frustration But in terms of Neil Lennon And saying you were depressed When he got the job in the shower Remember Neil Lennon Has then Delivered trophies Has contributed To The quadruple treble And The nine row era Has he got it wrong this year? Yes He has As has The players And It looks like Peter Lowell And the board There's no doubt about that But in terms of going back There's there's a, a couple of things there I think you're quite harsh And saying you've seen it coming Way back in the nine row 
there's been some exceptional times in this period for Celtic and sometimes eras do come to an end did we foresee it coming to an end in this way Celtic fans I don't think we did and I think that's where a lot of the anger from Celtic fans are coming I from I think it's because it, we're not even finished January uh, Mark and the clubs exploded uh, from top to bottom for some reason it's just not everything they're doing just now is not working now they've got as as much as Celtic fans they've just got to take a deep breath and say where do we go from here that's the question if I was a Celtic where does a club well, go Peter's from here Peter's telling you Peter wants that it's okay saying get Peter Lovell out Dermot Desmond out and whatever it may be that's not yeah. as easy as it sounds and then all of a sudden that's get true. this new I mean, wonderful that, that, people that's in. true because that's a, that's a lot to happen what about this Short to medium term, Peter Neil Lennon walks back into the job. I think on on Sunday or Monday. What what does the rest of the season look like for Celtic? Because it doesn't even look like they're going to be able to give it a a good go. You know, see, even if if Rangers were going to win the title, but but Celtic had had picked up and had pushed them all the way. But the gap is now such that it doesn't even look like that's going to be possible. Well, we should be planning for next season now um, with whatever formulation is in place. But to plan for next season, you have to have an economic plan, especially in these incredibly difficult times. And Celtic have no great uh, track record in that. Um, We should have a new manager in already. There's never been any great succession planning at Celtic Park, either in the field or in the management. Um, You said earlier, you know, fans have got to be asking questions. We are asking questions, but the answers have got to come from other people. We've been asking questions for a very long time, and it does go back a long way, even during the period of dominance, when our financial and economic dominance made it no surprise that we uh, did so well over that period. You know, we were still seeing the cracks coming through. We still saw Lowell uh, letting the ball fall. When it came to European competition, we qualified twice for the Champions League in nine attempts. That's shocking. That's absolutely shocking. You know, and people have just had enough of it. It's probably... Celtic have actually engineered their own downfall. Uh, Celtic were the only entity that could have stopped winning 10 in a row, and that's what's happened. And now they have to come out. They, they promised us a review, you know. They, they basically put it on the back burner, and we're supposed to be getting a review. Well, apart from Lowell's shameful apology, which wasn't an apology at all uh, a few days ago, haven't, no one's come out and talked to us. And even the way that that was engineered was typically Celtic with Jerry McCulloch uh, fielding um, the questions that Lowell had previously penned. You know, we've had enough of it. You know, we can see right through it. Celtic have this... They sell every year the Celtic uh, season tickets in the back of great club charity, you know, founded in charity and so on. And then Peter Lowell takes three and a half, £3.6 million pounds out of the club last year. You know, people aren't fooled anymore. Something dramatic has to happen and people aren't going back. And I think in the next few months you'll see some very, very serious grassroots movements getting together to make sure that change happens and it happens soon. Passionate stuff from Peter in Ballot. What do you think though? 0141-951-1025. More of your calls next. Breakfast. Next week on the show We're going to try and catch up With Nathan the Sea Shanty Postie Because Cassie's obsessed With sea shanties And needs a bit of help George is up at four o'clock He puts on his pants And his shoes and his socks He cycles to work With the wind in his hair Early in the morning She definitely needs help Live from Glasgow Barry at Breakfast With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football Clyde One. The games are over. The talking begins. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line.
Mark Wilson, Gordon Diel, Alex Ray in the studio Gary Holt at Celtic Park And lots of disappointed Celtic fans on the phones So get your calls in please 01419511025 I did say Gary it's, it's bound to get lost So who is Livy's main man then? Who is the man of the match? Who is the guy that deserves a bit of recognition? I think we Scott Robinson up the top end of the park was, was out, outstanding. I think he led the line superb up there on his own for the majority of the game. Um, he gave Duffy and Bitton uh, pure terror because um, he, he doesn't stop running. I thought he, he, he upset their rhythm. He didn't let them settle. He didn't give them a minute's peace. And like uh, Alex said, I was I was a wee bit surprised they came off because I, I, he didn't look actually tired. Uh, I know Rob and sometimes he does fatigue because of the effort he puts in, but I thought he was he was got the bit between his teeth, so it was it was strange. But the, these happen, things happen. But I think as a focal point for the team, um, he laid the foundations for them to to get up the park first and foremost. Um, and he was just unfortunate in a, a, a couple of occasions. The Effie Ambrose header is that the one? Is that the one that David Martindale? Plays over tonight in his head. Um, I think he might do, but it's. I think Josh Mullen as well. We his opportunity. Yep. I know he's hit the bar and the keeper's got a, t- a tip on it, but I think if he puts it, eh, he keeps it down on target either side. I think he scores. So if he's if he's one is it's it's a set play. It's maybe something. It is something you work on. And he, he's got a free header. He's he's probably tried to be too powerful. He's tried to be too aggressive. Um, but they they like I said they they. Numerous chances throughout the game, so you can pinpoint them. But they had other opportunities as well. So um, it's you probably say before the game you'd be like, "Oh, you go to Celtic Park, you get a nil nil, you're really you're you're really buzzing and you're happy." But they'll come away here thinking we've lost a great opportunity to get another three points and another win to make it nine in a row. Yeah, it was quite the afternoon. Let's bring in Davy from Parkhead and see how he feels tonight. Hi, Davy. Hi, Pano. How you doing? Um, I phoned a couple of weeks ago, obviously after the Rangers game, but. What I want to see is I've I've followed Celtic since I was eight year old. I'm now fifty two. I've been through the lean years. I've been through Rangers day nine in a row, and then us Stoke name day nine in a row. Us one in nine in a row, and, and and I've experienced the highs and lows. Um, somebody came on the phone earlier and said this reminds me of Roy Dyer. This episode in Celtic's history reminds me of the dream team of John Barnes and Kenny Dalglish. And I never thought we'd ever get as lows at again, but 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 history just seems to be repeating itself in it. You know, I'm at a loss. You know, as I said, the league wasn't lost today, and it wasn't lost last week. The league was lost a way back, around about September. The decisions that have been made from top to bottom at Celtic Park have been nothing short of appalling. And I just think, you know, as other callers have said, it's time for a change, a rooting branch, uh, absolute rig out uh, uh, what's happening there, and start again. There's no other option. What's the first stage in that, though, Davy? Because I think we all acknowledge. You know, we're not going to wake up tomorrow and find that Dermot Desmond's handed over his shareholding and Peter Law was gone and Neil Lennon's gone and the players are all up for sale. Be- because this is football and it's the cutthroat nature of the role, does that start with Neil Lennon? It has to start with Neil Lennon. It has to start with Neil Lennon, his backroom team, you know, having a look at the players that he's got. And and, and, and again, you know, some, there was a caller on earlier um, saying that Neil Lennon's legacy uh, will be forgotten. Neil Lennon's legacy is, is won't be forgotten. He's up there, you know, he's done the quadruple, he's done the treble. The only third manager in Celtic history to do that, that's all fine and well when I'd off my cap to him. But it's time to go, it's time to get a change. It's time to get a change in philosophy, a change in uh, mentality, and get back to where we used to be and, and just everybody fighting for the jersey because that team lacks fight, lacks guidance, lacks ideas, everything, everything that's wrong. 
that could go wrong as went wrong this season. And I absolutely, I cannot believe that we're sitting here, you know, January, the league's lost, you know, and, and there's no sign is getting better. We're going to get, and, and I think Gary Holt said it earlier on, it's no surprise that Celtic are dropping points now. Everybody expects them to drop it, and, that, and that's, that, that's the worst feeling. Yeah, I mean, Gary, from Neil Lennon's perspective, the Celtic fans who are phoning in are pretty clear. They would like to see a change of manager. What about from his perspective, right? When he walks back in on Sunday or Monday, now I know he's not the type of character necessarily who would shy away from a challenge, but what type of role is that for a manager now? It must be a, it must be a, a desperate situation to be in. Um, I think it is, but I think there's also I think Gordon said it, uh, or, or Mark, it was one of the guys in the panel have said it. I think there's got to be a clear indication of where they're going. What what is what is their future plan, and where are they are they going to stick, or are they going to twist to give someone an opportunity? And if it's Neil, he comes in and he's got a freshness, and we go and we rebuild because this season's done. Let's not make bones about it. The season looks done. Um, so is it a building and a rebuilding job to to go uh, for the future, or is it? I'm I'm just. Uh, Killing time to, to, to something happens in the summer So it's it's one that you'd like to think you'll come in with a freshness To get, to get hit the ground running um, You've got a, a freedom to go and do things and implement things You've got no pressure on you as such That you're not trying to play catch up at the moment You're just trying to win games So have a have a game plan of, of, of Wednesday's coming This is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it and we're going to do it with a smile on our face And get the players back smiling Because there wasn't many smiles in their faces today And that's something that came across uh, watching the game you need, you need, Sorry, you need leadership You need someone from upstairs to tell them where the club's going It's rudderless at the moment You've got a manager who's isolating because of a trip that was sanctioned by whoever who's still not sure who actually put that out there I said it at the time it should have been cancelled this is just a culmination of, of things that have gone bad on the park they're all over the place at the moment so they they need Peter Lowell to come out let the fans know so they're not sitting there going oh we'll wait now we'll do it now or we'll wait to the summer they've got season tickets to sell in about three months time as well uh, yeah Davey we want to let you back in what else is on your mind it's kind of difficult to aim a specific question because I feel like there's just so much to take in Whether it's boardroom level Whether it's Neil Lennon The players who are there The recruitment Dubai The, the list is long As I said It's just, it's just a, it's an amalgam of decisions You know At board level And on the park I mean I don't. I really don't know where to go But, but, but just as a Celtic supporter right, All these years And seeing the ups and downs And going through You know Managers and, and stuff You know This season in particular I just did not, did not think we would have imploded the way we've imploded. And that, that's the most, that's the most disheartening thing. We've imploded from top to bottom. And, that, you know, there's no way back. There's no way back for us this season. Well, it's going to be a, an interesting couple of days to see if there is any immediate reaction. Let's go straight to John in Clyde Bank and try and get a, a handle on how John's feeling. How would you sum it up, John? Mince for the start of the season. And I, I, I was on the programme way back early August, September, and I told you it was really, really shocking. And it's known, people thought, well, we're going to turn this so-called corner. It's been rotten for the start. The signings, the signings in the past two seasons have, have been absolutely shambolic. Absolutely shambolic. Neil Lennon's job this season was to try and, de- and deliver 10 in a row. He has failed, and I'm afraid he, he has to, to leave, I'm afraid. And I would never say that about Neil Neil Lennon. He's a good Celtic man. But this season, his job was to get 10 in a row, and it's failed dramatically. 
He failed in the League Cup. He's failed in Europe, two tournaments. He's failed in the league. Now, Celtic should let him go. If Neil doesn't fall by his own sword, they should let him go. They've done the same with Tony Mowbray. This is the worst season since Tony Mowbray. So let's, it's been one bad season. But this was the season that Neil had to be stand up and be counted. There's been a combination, bad luck, COVID, but at the end of the day, it's a results-driven business we're in. Because it's, it's a business combinated by our emotions as supporters. And it has failed dramatically. He let Hayes go. He let the goalkeeper go. And it backfired. So everything that could have happened and went wrong has went wrong. And I'm afraid Neil has to do the honourable thing and fall by his own sword. Well, it's hard to argue with anything that John says there. He's right to trace it all the way back to the summer when you look at the players Celtic did let go. Um, questionable at the time, but you thought, well, only time will tell if that's the right decision. And it's proven that it was a wrong decision. The signings who came in to replace them, nowhere near good enough. The results, the failure on European uh, Champions League qualification, followed by one of the worst Europa League performances I've seen from Celtic and I, trust me I was there part of the Tony Mowbray era and I was part of a pretty bad spell uh, it was worse than that um, I done the Covid situation yeah it has been all over the place Martin, now, you, play, the you played with Neil Lennon sorry to interrupt you played with Neil Lennon you know the character you know the, the, the feelings that he's got for a club Neil's obviously he knows this listen he's not a silly guy he knows exactly what's going on would you see Neil now for the sake of the club thinking it's time to move on. It's a time for a change. Do you see Neil Lennon making that step towards the board if they say, look, this club needs a freshness now and it needs me to step aside? Not in his character. I honestly I, don't I think he will. I, I don't think he will. I think Neil... Uh, why, 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 sh- why should he? Cre- yeah. I get that. I've heard that from... You know, it's if he cared about the club and it's that kind of tugging on the, the, the emotional side of it. If he, He's got a boss. If he feels he's not doing a job, why not remove him from the job? And then that takes the onus away. See, what? for me, Neil Lennon's not going to walk away. We know his character. He doesn't need to fight. He's a fighter. He's not going to walk away. It's going bad. fights that you can't win, uh, Alec. And I think that Neil's very clever enough to know that. So you think is... he'll walk away? I, I, th- I wouldn't be surprised for the sake of Neil Lennon with the reputation he's got at Celtic that him and the board sit down, do a deal, and Neil departs from the club. I can't see it happening. Because... Gary, give us your insight or, or your. Kind of thoughts on that as a as a manager that the, the mentality side of it. I know we can't compare it exactly, but if you're in a situation where uh, you know things aren't going well, would, would, would you be looking for the manager? To, in fact, you, you've had a similar situation, I suppose, at Livy, where you just decided things weren't quite right off your own back. Is that likely to happen? Um, no, because like you said, it's, it's everyone's got a different makeup. I am a combative. Uh, I'm a fighter, but I just felt that. Uh, I had run my course and we had we'd come to the end so I identified that I knew that and I, I, I can hold my hands up and say that so um, am I proud as punch of what I achieved 100% but for me it, it felt right that uh, for for Livingston and for, for my benefit mm-hmm. as well that we went our separate ways Neil, Neil's like we said he's he's a fighter he's a winner do you see him going away Gary? Gary do you see no, him I don't, no, doing no, that? no I don't no, I don't. I don't. I don't think he will. So, he so will. then the responsibility, Gary, then comes to the guy upstairs. You know, this cannot linger on any longer. 
No, but I think, like I said, I think we've, I think Celtic have got to come out and make a statement of who who is going to be long term. Is is Neil going to get a chance to rebuild? Because you can lose games, you can lose league titles. I know it's not going the way that they expected, but at the end of the day, look at what he has achieved. Look at what he has won. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't mean because he's not going to win the league this year that he's a bad manager, or it's 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 not worked out the way he wanted. But surely you you get the time, and he's certainly earned the right to to maybe put things right. Gary, do you, th- do you think then what you're trying to say is Neil Lennon can turn the Celtic fans around because the biggest percentage of them obviously want change as a manager and the coaching staff. Well, we hear that every phone call that's now coming in. So we're not yeah, starting I, that rumour. God, I think you do. I think, look, you're going to run and you win five games in a row. Yeah. Uh, and the, and you can see progression and you can see players like Sorrow or like Turnbull have been doing and playing and the fans were clamouring that these are the new focus of the club. But if, if you get... And, and don't get me wrong, you want to rebuild every season, you want to add to it. So um, they will have to do a, a rebuilding job in certain areas. But do you give the guy the chance to do it who's who's got a proven track record? Or yeah. do you get somebody in who's... Not, never been here Never done it Gary See for me See for to To say that uh, Neil Lennon will have An opportunity to Rebuild this summer mm. I think it's so far Off the mark I don't see that Actually happen Anytime at all Right finally I'll just give John The final say Before we have to To move on John from a, a Kind of The other callers Were telling us I feel like the callers sound like they're just a bit scunnered now. You know, sometimes we get real anger after a game, and I feel like tonight it's just more just resigned to what's going on. How would you sum up your own kind of feelings towards it all? I feel like it was lost a while ago for, for me. And I'll give you a good example Rangers played Celtic twice this season and didn't even set the header alight and beat us. Beat us easy at Park Keep without getting out of second gear and beat us at Ivox without getting a goal. A shot and goal That sums it up Now We are no good enough We tried This season For me it's always been A bridge too far I've seen it I just thought He was sticking with The old regime Things went went Going their way With Big Duffy coming in At centre half Just Didn't work to That's a polite way Of saying it hasn't worked out For for Big (laughs) Duffy The left back scenario So It's Let's rebuild for next season Celtic need to make Not emotional decisions Business decisions And this is the thing But sometimes as a football fan Your emotions get in the way Celtic's a business And the business side yet Neil Lennon failed this year I'm afraid he has to fall base on Okay thank you very much That was John We've got Kevin and Bishop Briggs He's got his thoughts And we'll hear from Gavin Strachan after these After they play you have your say. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboards Open Line. We're into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025. Uh, Gavin Strachan again having to face the media after that dropped points against Levy. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, tough game. Uh, I think we knew it was going to be. Um, uh, Livingston have been playing very well. Style of play that they, they, they've been doing really well with and it was tough and you know they imposed their, their way of playing on, on us more than we did on them you know there's moments where if you like Livingston's left back is trotting over the other side of the pitch to, to, to take the throw in so it, it, their style of play can be uh, can break things up a little bit and, no but you're spot on we, we couldn't really get our, our momentum and, and, and real tempo to the game that we wanted obviously the situation isn't isn't ideal but we we still had more than enough that, that we could um, I think we could probably um, Display a better performance than what we did. 
there was certainly the, maybe the lack of, uh, of match fitness of, of, of certain players, um, which probably you know means they're not as sharp as what, what, what you'd like them to be. Um, but again, the big frustration for me is that we we didn't uh, impose our style of play on the game. The, the driving force of everything is, is Callum McGregor. I thought Tom Rogic acquitted himself well today in a completely unfamiliar role, if you like, as a number nine. Um, Tony Ralston came in. He, you know, he's not he's not kicked the ball really all, all season and, and and came in. Tony's just a, a he's a very very honest and and good professional, and he he gave his all, but he tired towards the end. Um, in a normal football season, I would say to you, it's it's almost it's going to be very very tough. But the way the world is just now, you just never know. Well, um, pretty pretty telling. Our lack of fitness in some of the players, I, I don't get that. Apart from Ralston and Johnson. Um, plenty on there Tom Rogic did well I must admit I hardly seen him in the game um, and I, again I just I just find some of the comments strange it's not Gavin Strachan's fault it is yeah. it's far from it the biggest thing for but me is that Livingston imposed their game plan on Celtic better than we did that's, now that's worrying for Celtic supporters and I think we've seen it in 10 minutes Gary touching it Alex touching yep. it in the first 10 minutes for a Livingston team to come to Celtic Park impose himself for 10 minutes but continue for the rest of the game I, I, felt, I felt for him there Mark you're listening to a coach I don't know how good or bad a coach Gavin Strachan is he must be a good coach to be in the Celtic backroom staff but you're listening to a coach that's facing the media this outside his comfort zone and he had to come out with and it, 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 there's a bit of a no win element to, to some of it the player that Celtic have just put up to speak to the media again is David Turnbull because it, because they know and mm. we know he's the only one that no one's wanting to blame at the moment because mm. he's been he's been the outstanding uh, talent last, for, last, for, last for Celtic month. this season. He's pretty young. He's not one that loves speaking to the media. He's pretty shy, but he's done more interviews in the last three weeks than he's done in his whole career because they're having to put someone there to kind of d- it tells deflect. You God, and it tells you everything because they're having to put a player up and it's the only player. Uh, over the last month, Mark, if you say who was a standout, it would be Turnbull. So hence the reason why they're pitching them up there all the time. Yeah, I mean, Gary, the it shows you how far things have, have sort of flipped because Gavin Strachan hinted there at a frustration that Livy have got their left back going over to take throw-ins on the, the right-hand side. Even the most ardent Celtic fan is, is just not interested in that sort of stuff anymore they're not bothered you know this phone in we often get stuff like that you know ah they were whatever they were running down the clock or they did this and they did that but I don't I don't get that Celtic fans are interested in that stuff at go the on, moment go on let, let's be honest right um, teams come here and go to Ibrox and even Aberdeen to an extent when they're, 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 they're flying high you ain't going to go open and expansive and get picked off and make it you're not here to entertain people the Celtic fans or the Celtic public or the Celtic team you're here to do a job for your team you, your teammates and you, your club so Livy's game plan was there for the start and Celtic players know how they play so you, you can get away from that it was more the fact that I think it, what came for Gavin was the frustration of they couldn't implement their game plan they couldn't get a foothold in the game they couldn't get up to tempo um, as such and that that was probably the the, the sticking point from because well, Livy controlled the game, they, they controlled the tempo, they they stuck to their game plan. You know you've got a long throw, so they're going to use it from both sides. That's it's just a, you could just you could hear the frustration coming out of them, and uh, sometimes that happens. Um, but you you just want more from a Celtic team at home. You'd expect, in, uh, especially me as a neutral turning up here watching it, that I was underwhelmed, and that that was quite surprising to see.
We'll let you get up the road Because you'll probably be getting chucked out any minute now So thanks for joining us We wish you well in your new role at Falkirk By the way, we'll find out a bit more about that in the, the coming weeks, I'm sure No problems, cheers guys, thank Good you man. That was Gary Holt, uh, Alex Yeah, uh, I was listening to Gavin Strike in there as well, Gordon In terms of playing a particular way and then, and then Gary touches on there that, you know, when you go to Parkhead or you go to Ibrooks and you just camp in. I never saw that at David Livingston. I seen it right for the off that they took the game to Celtic. They imposed their game plan. And if sometimes you've got to defend big long throws, that's part of the game. That's the reason why you bring guys like Duffy up for England, a giant, to compete with that. Let's bring in Kevin and Bishop Briggs and see what he's got. Hi, Kevin. Hi, guys. How are you doing? All good. How are you, more importantly? Hi, well, I, just another disgruntled uh, Celtic fan, as it were, uh, in this current climate. You know, I thought, personally, you know, growing up in the era where Rangers were going through nine in a row and, you know, all that dominance, I didn't ever think that I would see that. And to have seen Celtic win nine in a row and to see them win a quadruple treble has been amazing. But for me, the last two seasons have been very, very underwhelming in the sense of you know, exactly what came out of the club. I know, I understand that we've won um, a treble last year or, you know, concluding this year. But let's be honest, it, last season it took us six months to kickstart. People were hoping that this year, on the six months marked, that they would take that it would kickstart and it's not happened. Do I believe that it's down to Neil Lennon? I don't. I don't. I believe that for the last, since Brendan Rodgers left, Peter Lawwell has only actually been interested in the actual running business of the club. I don't think he's been interested in what the fans want or what what anyone wants in the Celtic family, and that's complete success and domination. I think Celtic had the chance to, you know, it's not a phrase that you know people use all the time, but you know, I think Celtic had the chance to bury to bury the whole you know Rangers saga and how how dominant they would be for a long, long time. I felt that they had they had that chance. And Peter Lawwell is a guy that's let that slip because I felt that he felt it's not good for a business if uh, Celtic are without Rangers. I think if you were to ask 99% of fans, I think they would go against that. Hold on, right. So hold on. Let, let, let me get that straight. So you think Peter Lawwell is willingly let Rangers come closer to Celtic because it's good for business? Uh, yeah, well, I think he, I think he would. I think it's made his job easier in the sense that you know he economically it will bring more money through the door because fans will have more interest in it. Right, but, but that, that seems like the the most high risk strategy of all time. So what he wanted to let them get to within an arm's length, but not take over them because my goodness, this situation's not going to work out well economically for Celtic, is it? Well, absolutely, it's not. But I think since since. Uh, since Neil has, has come in Who Personally I don't think the box stops at, stops at him Like I said I think it's Neil uh, It's Peter Lawwell But by, by all means right I'm, I'm sure Everyone has to take some blame So I'm sure Peter Lawwell Has made mistakes Some people would say a couple Some people would say loads Fine I'll, I'll leave that out there But this notion that he somehow Wanted this I Nonsense think that, that's... Kevin here, Here's a point I'm going to make about that If that's what you truly believe Why would Peter Lawwell then sanction the millions of pounds that Celtic have spent in bringing in players if it was all a, a, a ruse just to 
Get Rangers closer You know you even go back to Edward And things like that Nine million quid Seven, seven million, million Julian, Julian. Yeah, I knew that was coming You next. know Then you've got your Duffies On the wages Things like Why would they do that You know how much for Turnbull Four Three, three million, million yeah. Three five million for a young Scottish player Five, five for a Kermala. He has <laughs> sanctioned These moves And if that was the plan Mark Peter Lowell's done a terrific job Because they certainly have Brought them closer In fact they've done over mm. uh, working, Kevin. working with the club you know, I understand about you, you, you playing for the club and being in that environment. I just feel as a Celtic fan that, you know, the announcement uh, of Neil Lennon shouldn't have been at the time. But, you know, and most fans at the time would have felt it was underwhelming. They had the chance to go and name a, a, you know, a top-end manager with lots of pull to bring players in and things, to bring people in like, Let's be honest. I mean, it's probably not being fair to the guy, but people like Gavin Strangs, most people have never even heard of him. You know, Neil Lennon not being able to choose his own backroom staff, which we're led to believe. You know, he's not been allowed to bring Johan Mialbi back to the club. You know, things like that. It's been hard on him. I don't think the buck just stops at Neil Lennon. I think you've got to look much higher than this. Again, you know, there's a lot of sort of speculation in there. I'm sure Kevin would, would acknowledge that. About you know, has Neil Lennon definitely been denied the chance to bring back Johan Melby yet? I guess a, a lot of people believe that to be the case. How much of that would make a difference, Alex? Yeah. If it's d- d- can, does Johan Melby yeah. turn Barkas into a good player? Does he turn Duffy yeah. into a good player? So it, it's all it's been a combina- combination, combination of a lot yeah. of things, Gordon. Because when you look at you know, we've got obviously got the collar on the now, Kevin talking about the you know, they're trying to let Rangers get closer. When you look at the money that they've actually sold, I think if you want to get back to the summer, most Celtic fans will go, we're absolutely delighted with the recruitment. We've not sold any of our big hitters and we're going for 10 in a row. So I don't think you can blame anybody from that aspect. It's just actually imploded all over the place and the club are in disarray. Right, quite an afternoon. We'll leave it there. Thank you, Alex Ray, Gordon DL, Mark Wilson in the studio, the likes of Gary Holt and the top team all around the grounds. Kevin, thanks to you for being the final caller. Uh, as always, though, we really appreciate everyone who gets in touch all afternoon, whether it's on Twitter or on the phones. Obviously, uh, we can't do it without you, and it's never taken for granted. It's been a pleasure sharing another Saturday afternoon with you. We're back on Monday night, six o'clock, to look back on another big game tomorrow. By the way, which we didn't quite get round to because it was a, it got a bit manic there. Uh, Motherwell against Rangers at Fir Park tomorrow. So join us at six o'clock then. And in the meantime, have as good a weekend as you can. GBX up next. <laughs>